Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the PA Turn Pod with Rob and Joel. This is episode 112 of the podcast. Um, it's a different podcast. It's a solo dolo, one of probably f- maybe five in its illustrious career of the podcast. Five solo dolo podcasts. I believe I hosted all five of them. I don't think Rob has done one yet. Rob is down 05, so series is already swept and then some in the uh, solo dolo podcast uh, series sweep here. Five nothing. Um, anyway, I'm rambling along. As of course, Rob does the intro, but he's not here today. He's still on vacation. He's doing the West Coast trip with his uh, uh, bride to be, or his bride, uh, doing the West Coast trip to the baseball parks. I think he hit. I want to say he hit San Fran first night, Dodgers, taking a rest day for I think two days, then Anaheim to see Shohei Otani in person, and then ending the trip in Oakland. So he started it with arguably one of the better, the best ballpark in the country in Oracle Park, and then ending it with one of the worst, and probably the worst team in the bigs at uh, the Coliseum in Oakland. And then heads back home, I believe, I want to say, I don't know, actually. Probably later this week, if not next Sunday, he probably is, is back. But nonetheless, the Solo Dello podcast, it is me, Joel, giving you a Probably a 30-minute podcast, roughly around there. We're going to try to keep it a little less than that. It's almost an emergency podcast, but Rob's on vacation. He probably will not be calling in. Most likely, he will not be calling in, actually. So, uh, it's a solo dollar podcast, again, as I, as I stated. It's a three, three-and-a-half-topic episode right now. We're going to start off with the big kahuna, James Harden versus the Sixers. That saga drama is just plating out. Like a daytime soap opera, like Days of Our Lives type of shit. Uh, Since Saturday, August 12th, it started with rumblings with a Woj tweet. Then later confirmed with the uh, senior NBA writer, at least Sam Amick. And then today, August 14th, Monday, Shams tweeted, I think absurdly around 6 a.m., 7 a.m., a video because Harden is currently in China doing a a tour, I don't know what's he really doing, and he spoke in front of uh, an audience and basically just bashed and made it evident that he does not want to play for the Sixers, and he basically, you know, not basically, he called uh, the president, Daryl Morey, a liar, and he will not work for another organization like that. So that's the first topic. Second one are the Phillies. They are currently in Canada to face the Toronto, what's going on here? Just reading something real quick. They are facing the Toronto Blue Jays two-game series. Then they head to Washington. Then the Sunday night baseball uh, series, third game of that series, will be in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, I believe. I have it somewhere here in the notes. It's basically the Little League Classic. I don't know. It's I don't know why they did it, but it is what it is. So that's going to be that. And then... We won't preview the following series, which will be the big one, because by then we'll be at full staff. Rob will be back on the podcast, and we'll preview the Giants coming into town, basically one versus two with a wild card. Essentially, this is basically for the wild card title, barring any collapse down into October. So that's the second of three and a half. Third one are the Union, baby. Soccer, MLS gets a, a spot, a high spot here on the podcast. The Union, are, it's a, 
a League's Cup title is basically the American version of the Champions League in Europe, where there's a tournament inside the regular season. Well, for this one, this is a, I think, a three-week-long tournament. So basically, the regular season is on pause for the League's Cup. Then once the League's Cup is done, then regular season uh, resumes. Tomorrow, in Chester, Pennsylvania, the Union, the Philadelphia Union, will be hosting Inter-Miami along with Lionel Messi. Let me say that one more time. The Philadelphia Union will be hosting Inter-Miami with Lionel Messi starting So Messi will be in Pennsylvania. He'll be in Chester, which is crazy to say out loud for anyone who's into soccer. It's just going to be an absolute madness in Chester at uh, Subaru Park where the Union play. And uh, I'll get into that in a little bit, but tickets are already sold out eight minutes in. I think tickets started at Sunday 2 p.m. within eight minutes sold out. So, But you can still go if you want a standing room. It's at $350 a pop. Yes, that's it. Three five zero, a pop for standing room. We'll get into that a little bit later in the show, and then lastly, a quick touch of uh, Wanda Franco, and I'll just keep it at that. I'll read some uh, Jeff Passan tweets that he's been tweeting all day on updates on Wanda Franco and the Tampa Bay Rays and his situation, a disgusting situation if held up true, which looks like it is with these social media posts. And then I'll give you a rundown for a rough rundown for next week. But back to the top of the rundown James Harden versus the Sixers. I'll give you a quick timeline here. On August 12th, Saturday, Woj tweeted, quote, The 76ers have ended trade talks on guard James Harden and plan to bring him back to training camp for the start of the season. The Sixers had periodic offseason conversations with the Clippers, Harden's desired destination, by the way but no traction on a deal materialized, end quote. Later on, it is known through sources that Harden's, of Harden's plan is to sit out during training camp via a tweet by Sam Amick, senior NBA writer for The Athletic and the USA Today, quote, James Harden no longer wants to play for Philadelphia and has no plans of taking part in training camp. 76ers ended trade talks earlier today, end quote. What a shit show! What a, and I posted up a a poll on on my feed on my timeline on Twitter. Where do you see James Harden next start of next season? Do you see him on the bench in street clothes, on the court for the Sixers, not with the team at all, like holding out, or he's with the new team? And it was a tie at forty percent each. I can let me double check. I'm I'm efforting here on the podcast. I believe it was a tie. I believe it was he's on the bench, and will be starting for a new team. I believe those were the the tie. I don't think no one voted for the other one. Here we go. Oh no, excuse me. Forty percent says he will be on the court. Zero percent says he's on the bench. Twenty percent says he'll be at home. And the other 40% says he'll be with the new team. So the TurnPod, you know, crowd, audience, or any followers of mine on Twitter, 
are split. But nonetheless, James Harden, that saga, you thought he was like, oh my God, here we go again with this nonsense. Almost like Ben Simmons, under, of course, under different circumstances. Simmons played poorly in Game 7 of that Hawks series. And everyone remembers him basically just not going for the block. No, excuse me. Not going for a dunk with uh, Trey Young on him. Granted, he's publicly said, and everyone knows, when he made the play, he didn't know it was Trey Young. He just felt a body, and he just quickly dished it to Matisse Thibault, who inevitably missed it. And then I think it was one for two at the free throw line, or if not missed both. But then the post-game uh, comment from head coach, then head coach Doc Rivers, Joel Embiid, and then obviously the fans getting on him, and then he just got butt hurt and basically said, I'm not playing for y'all. F y'all. I'm going to just stay home, eventually get paid, and go somewhere else. And he ended up going with the Brooklyn Nets, which brought in James Arden, funny enough. Well, fast forward two years later, and we have another disgruntled point guard for the 76ers wanting out emphatically from this organization. Because as of today, August 14th, Monday, August 14th, Shams tweeted early in the day. I think it was up at 6 a.m. East Coast time. He tweeted a 16-second video, video of James Harden in China during his tour saying the following, quote, Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Let me say that again. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of, end quote. I mean... If you had any doubts of these sources, you hear sources, sources, sources say, sources say, James Harden says this, that, and th this, that, and third. Well, you heard it from the horse's mouth himself right there. He's unhappy, and he has stated he does not want to play for Daryl Morey, who, last time I checked, ain't going anywhere as the Sixers president, which I believe he should, honestly. He's freaking taking this team to center city. And I'm not happy about it. As a guy from Jersey, I'd rather just take the Whitman, get on 95, get on the exit, off the exit to the sports complex, and boom, I'm good. I have to go into the city, find parking, which is going to be an absolute disaster, especially if it's a 6 o'clock game, 8 o'clock game during primetime weekends. Oh, it's just death, 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 death. That's neither here nor there. The fact of the matter is, James Harden has publicly said, Daryl Morey is a liar. The president of the 76ers is a liar, and he'll never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Last time I checked, Daryl Morey is not a free agent. He doesn't have a year left on his contract. He's there for the foreseeable future with the Sixers. James Harden is going to sit out, most likely, for the 2023-2024 uh, NBA season. Now, I'm on record saying... When we got him, I was thrilled that we got something for Ben Simmons. Thrilled that we got a point guard willing to score and whatnot. But he has a track record of not staying with a team long-term other than the Houston Rockets. And obviously the Oklahoma, Oklahoma City Thunder when he first started. Harden's well past his prime a little bit. Just past his prime. He lost a step or two. He, le he led the league in assists 
sure. He was great. I'm not going to discount what he's done for the city and this team, especially in that honeymoon stage when he first got to Philadelphia. Harden in the garden. Assist Poppy everywhere. That pick and roll is just nasty with him and Embiid. The elevation of Maxi, Tyrese Maxi's game has just skyrocketed to the moon since his arrival there. And obviously with Harden, you bring in P.J. Tucker and other and the other supporting cast to build up that bench. Nonetheless, and obviously what he did in game one without Joel Embiid in Boston, I want to say. I'm trying to remember. I think it was in Boston where he just basically took over the game and just put an emphatic exclamation point. That was his best game of the series, arguably probably of the playoffs. And then game six faded and game seven faded. I can read you the numbers for game seven if anyone forgot. I did post a tweet that this is the second 76ers point guard disgruntled after a playoff, you know, bow out in a poor, poor performance in a playoff game, in a game seven, no less. Oddly enough, Ben Simmons and now James Harden. And let's see if I can find it. Efforting here. We're efforting. Did not come prepared here. Usually Rob is more efficient here. Oh, here we go. James Harden, Game 7 versus the Celtics. In 41 minutes, James Harden scored 9 points. In 41 minutes, 4 quarters, he scored 9 points. 3 of 11 from the field. 1 of 5 from downtown. He made both his free throws, though. Had 6 rebounds, 7 assists, 5 turnovers. He was a minus 31. Unacceptable. Especially when you were up. You were up in that series. And you let them come back. Unacceptable. For context, here's Ben Simmons' last game with the Sixers. Game 7 with the Hawks. In 36 minutes, he scored 5 points. 2 of 4 from the field. He made one of two of his free throws, had eight rebounds, 13 assists, two turnovers. He was a plus one. I mean, it is what it is. Ben Simmons is no longer with the Sixers, but those numbers right there, mm, not great with the points, but he definitely found his men, 13 assists. He's a rebound machine, eight rebounds, two more than Harden, but limited the turnovers in game seven. Harden was five turnovers and a minus 31. Granted, Jason Tatum was just on another, on another, in another world, scoring, I think, 51 or whatever it was. He would, he just went off that game. There was no stopping him, but minus 31, mm, I don't know about that. Then, yet, you want to get paid. Now, granted, the scumbag Harden. Had like a handshake agreement, verbal agreement with his then friend, President Daryl Morey, saying, look, if you take less money now in the offseason, I will take care of you. You will get paid X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, right? 
So Harden was like, all right, bet, whatever. I'll do it. Just stay here, win the championship, yada, yada, yada. Come to find out, Daryl Morey's not doing that. And rightfully so, because Harden is well past his prime. And brother, after that performance, mm-mm. No, if we got to the finals, sure. You know, if we got to the conference finals or the or the finals, yeah, maybe we'd be talking about different stories. Like, yeah, maybe you should pay Harden, right? But Doc Rivers is gone because of Harden. We got Harden. We didn't get any further than we did the last previous years. Nothing really changed. So, uh... This scumbag wants out, bashing the president over there in China. And then, mind you, Embiid over the, the summer had his wedding. And you really, truly saw who his true friends were and his true teammates. And there was one per two people, actually, glaring absentees. And that was P.J. Tucker and James Harden, who were together, I believe, in Houston, at some club or some gathering with some hamburgers. It was just fucking ridiculous. During the same night or around the same time. Like, what? Aren't you supposed to be boys? Team first? All this, yada, yada. You can't even go to the man's wedding. Now, granted, they're probably not as close, but... Not a good look. Not a good look. Not a good look. No Magusta. That kind of rubbed me the wrong way with uh, James Harden from that point on. But he does have a right to have a great. He had a... An agreement, you know. He primarily came to Philadelphia because you can play with one of the most dominant, one of the more dominant centers in the league. You can handpick your, you know, former teammates to come join you like P.J. Tucker. And you're playing for Daryl Morey, who you did in Houston, who took care of you and basically put you on, this, on the map. Look all for to securing a bag as well as, you know, competing for a championship. He took less money under that impression that he would get a deal done. And Moore said, nah. So, I'll pose the question to you, the listeners. And you can comment on the picture on Instagram. Or, there will be a poll on Spotify if you are listening on Spotify. The poll is, I have two questions here, but... I think I'm going to put this one on Spotify. But you can answer them both under the comment section of this podcast on Instagram at PA period turnpod. That's PA period turnpod. T U R N P O D. The question is Did this latest James Harden news sour your take on the organization? Harden or the Sixers Sixers brass like the like let me see the brass like Elton Brandt and Daryl Morey and when I mean the organization the whole team like how how they're taking it silence and you hear the rumblings of Joel Embiid possibly flirting with the Met, not the Mets the Knicks the Heat he even said it himself, like, he might, not verbatim, not, you know, 
he said something along the lines of, if I can't win a championship here, I might as well go somewhere else and find one. Something along those lines he said earlier, earlier, earlier at like some kind of TED Talk like uh, conversation. So the question is again, did this latest James Harden news sour your take on the organization as, a, as the team organization, like the players? A. B. James Harden, as he basically made this this drama a daytime soap opera. Or the Sixers brass, including Elton Brand and Daryl Morey. My second question. Does James Harden sit out now? Now that we know definitively he does not want to play for Daryl Morey or this organization. Now, do you believe he will sit out until traded? Will he be on the bench in three clothes? Will he be on the court for the Sixers? Will he be home? Or will he be on another team? Again, it'll be on Spotify under Turnpod, PA Turnpod, or Instagram, PA period Turnpod. Next, we'll move on to the Fightins. The Philadelphia Phillies are currently 64 and 54, second in the NL East, still after a month of recording. They're 11 games back off the Braves, who are just rolling, rolling. They absolutely dismantled the Mets a few days, several days ago. Put 21 to 3, I believe, in game one of the doubleheader, and then 6 0 in the nightcap. Just absolutely destroying the Mets, who are just having their own problems as it is. Nonetheless, they're 11 games back of first place in the NL East. Cool, whatever. They're in first place in the wild card. Yes, the Phillies are in first place in the wild card. One and a half games up on the Giants, who will, as I mentioned in the opening, they will face next Monday, starting next Monday, in Philadelphia. Giants will come home. Come home to Philadelphia. They're plus three games up on the Marlins, who have the third-place spot in the wild card. Now, this is where it gets dicey. The Chicago Cubs and Cincinnati Reds, respectively, 4-5, are tied. Outside looking in, half a game back of the Marlins. The D-backs are two and a half games back. And I threw in the Padres, who are the more realistically, you're still in, but you're holding by a thread. You're holding for dear life for any relevancy. The Padres are back or five and a half games back. And man, that team has just unraveled. Juan Soto is good as gone. Good as gone in the offseason. If not, definitely by the trade deadline next year. Good as gone. But he, as as you should, as a star player, you brought in there to kind of change and get this team over the hump, has been very vocal of how this team has performed. They, um, basically saying they're quitting. When they're down, they're just hacking at everything. It's just a complete mess out there in San Diego. But nonetheless, the Phillies are in first place up one and a half games up on the Giants, three on the Marlins, and then the Cubs, Reds are half a game out. D-backs are still in there two and a half. Now, saying all that, the Twins came were in town recently, and the Phillies dropped two or three. The scoring was great versus the Nats. And in game one versus the Twins, and then they just absolutely fell apart. I think they scored in totality three runs in those last two games. Shut out, I believe, in the uh, in the Sunday game. Snapping a three-game win streak. Now they're on the road. Two-game series in Toronto starting Tuesday. 
then two games in Washington starting Friday and Saturday. Then Sunday Night Baseball versus the Nats will be in Williamsport, PA, as I mentioned earlier, at BB&T Ballpark at Historic, at Historic Bowman Field, a.k.a. the Little League Classic spot. Now, I pose a question again to the audience. Expectations after five games. Where do you see this team? Two games in Toronto, two games in Washington, and then one, I guess, home away from home. Away away game, but it's really a home game because you're still in PA in Williamsport before you take on the Giants. And I believe St. Louis also comes to town. For me, I see this team going, and this is obviously in a positive light, going three and two. Ideally, four and one should be it. You should be able to sweep the Nats. You should be able to sweep the Nats. But I see them going three and two, splitting Toronto, and then winning the last two against the Nats. But uh, let us know. Let us know in the comments of Apple Podcasts or Spotify. They have a comment section, if anything. Or definitely hit up on hit up us hit us up on the Instagram at pa.turnpod. Hit us up in the stories, reply to the stories, or the first, the most recent picture on the page where the title of this 112th episode of the podcast, the cover photo of this podcast. Hit us up in the comments, and what do you think? Phillies going 3-2 and two this year? I mean, 3-2 th- and two in this next week stretch before the Giants come into town? Let me know. And now, our next segment. I wish I had like a transition like song like whoop whoop. I'm just efforting here on the podcast. Efforting, efforting. Anyway. The MLS League Cup semifinals for the, I guess, Eastern Conference will take place in Chester, Pennsylvania, as the Philadelphia Union will host Inter Miami FC. And welcoming Lionel Messi to Chester, Pennsylvania. I envy not working, I believe, today. I'm recording today, Monday, August 14th. I, re- I kind of envy not working it because I'm pretty sure Miami flew in at the airport. And, man, just to work that flight, just to know that Messi's on this flight, probably would have happy. I would have loved to go to the game, but the dickheads that are responsible for raising the prices, jacking them up to absurd amount of money. I don't even know I don't even want to know how much the cheap seats are that are not standing room. Because the standing rooms, as I mentioned in the opening, are three hundred and fifty dollars. I had to verify it because I went on the website to see if there was any tickets and like oh sold out eight minutes in, record time. And the only available tickets are standing room at three fifty. I was like, Jesus. Jesus. I went on to Game Time, the app to see if any, like, you know, tickets. There's no tickets available for this game. Everyone's going to this game. Or it's just too expensive that no one's going to really... You spent that much, you're not going to get your money back, really. You might as well just go. This is by far the biggest game in Subaru Park history coming up Tuesday night with Lionel Messi in attendance as either team has a chance to advance to the League Cup Finals, who they'll meet Monterey 
for Nashville FC the on the Western Conference side. And boy, oh boy, oh boy. Do we have some news coming out of this? Less than 24 hours, there's already breaking news that it is reported that during Monday's practice, Lionel Messi appeared to have tweaked his ankle. Jesus Christ. If I had spent, let's just say I spent $600 on a single ticket to be in Chester, Pennsylvania, to witness one of the goats in football or in soccer, Lionel Messi, and to find out, like I spent 600 Sunday, to find out 24 hours later and then 24 hours prior, simultaneously before the game, that the star player tweaked his ankle in practice and that there's a thought that he might not play, I'd be devastated, crushed. I would already probably be looking to sell my ticket closer to game time. Once I get confirmation that he is or isn't playing. But nonetheless, nevertheless, excuse me, Coach Tata Martino played down the injury. Quote, I was only at a part of the session because I had a meeting afterward and was finishing preparing. So I didn't see exactly what happened. But if it was something serious, I'm sure everyone would have been shocked. End quote. He basically downplayed the injury to Lionel Messi. It was probably just something routine, normal, that just happens. Probably not rest a little bit, ice it, stretch it, see the physical therapist, and then be ready to go for Tuesday's night's matchup. Here's some news and highlights, and I'll give you some props, and props that I like, and a single game that I will be personally putting down. Maybe the total amount that I'll be putting down will be a little higher than what I'm suggesting here for any listeners that want to win some possible money here. But, Messi has scored eight times in five cup matches since joining the club. Let me say that one more time. Lionel Messi, since joining the club in five cup matches in the League Cup you know, tournament, has scored eight times. Every single game he's scored at least one goal. The Union, however, have only allowed four goals in that time span. So it's the inevitable... The unmovable object versus the the immovable force, the inevitable force, whatever the saying is, it's two titans going at it. It's like basically in football, the most the number one offense versus the number one defense. Who's going to give? You know where I'm putting my money at. Never, never count out the goat. He's basically playing with his food out here in America. He brought in Jordi Alba. Brought in Serge Busquets. Robert Taylor, his game, the, I believe he's the midfielder for for uh, Inter-Miami. Prior to Messi being there, he looked like a lost soul. He was contemplating retirement at a young age or you know late 20s. He's revived his career. He's playing out of his freaking mind, finding, finding players on the go, transitional, on the counter. Beautiful passes. His game is elevated. This is what happens when Leon Novas is on the pitch. Elevates everyone around him. And they play harder. And obviously the defense is probably the weakest part of Inter-Miami. They got exposed by Dallas. <coughs> they were they got exposed by Dallas for sure. In Dallas. But a comeback win. Lionel Messi will that team back to relevancy in uh, regular time. They finish... 
overtime, and then they went to penalties, which they won, inevitably, obviously. So, let's get to the props. Well, before I get to the props that I like, you got the Union at home, mind you, at home, or a plus 170. Sink that in. They've only allowed four goals in, in five cup matches. They've been consistently the top, a top three team in the Eastern Conference and in MLS for the last several years. They were runner-ups in the MLS Cup Final, lost to LAFC. Gareth Bale just absolutely crushed everyone's soul. Yet, and remember, they only allowed four goals in five cup matches. Yet, at home, they're plus 170 to Miami, who's plus 115. Now, if you want to make some quick, quick money, I would put five bucks on a tie. And this tie only happens 90 minutes plus whatever stoppage time. If there's a tie and it goes into extra time, your money is safe. It's a plus 270. I would probably put five on it because most likely these teams, maybe 1-1, one, 2-2, one, two, two, heading into extra time. So it's good money right there. Now, here's the props that I like. Miami at plus 115. I already mentioned the plus, the two, 270 for tie after 90 minutes or a tie at 90 minutes. Over two and a half goals in this game, minus 182. Lock it. Now the goals. This is ones that I personally like. Lionel Messi, minus 160. Gazdag, he returning for the Union. He's probably one of their primary scorers. If not, it definitely is Julian uh, Carranza. He's a plus 150. Give me Gazdag on that one. And I mentioned Robert Taylor, plus 310. Plus 310. Book that. Now for two goals, if you want to be a little frisky, plus 300 for Lionel Messi. Like I said, he scored eight times in five cup matches. He scored at least once in every cup match. Obviously, he scored twice, and he got a thing a hat trick in one of those games. I believe, I think. Don't quote me. Now, other props that are in there. Joseph Martinez for Inter-Miami, plus 100. He scored a penalty in the last game, which kind of fucked me on my parlay the last game Inter-Miami played. Cause I had Messi scoring two goals. Plus, I had baseball and some other stuff in there. Everything hit except for Messi scoring two goals. He did score one, but he would have scored if he normally took the penalty six minutes, six or eight minutes in the game. But Justin Martinez is getting some confidence. He's got he's seen the ball behind the back of the net. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if Justin Martinez gets another goal. I already mentioned Julian Carranza. That's a plus 160. And if you want to do two goals other than Messi, I would put Gazdag because he's coming back. Fresh, ready to go, and this is a big game at home. You want to make a statement win? This is the MLS Cup Final right here. Messi's coming into town. It's the biggest game in Subaru Park history. All eyes will be in Chester. Apple TV subscribers will be still going to the roof. Everybody's going to be tuning in to see what will Messi do in Chester versus this strong Philadelphia Union team. Give me guys, I got plus 1,000 for hitting two goals. Now, lastly, the single-game parlay that I'm going to put down. It's a four-legger. Now, I got Miami, money line. I got over two and a half goals in the game. And I have Messi and Gazdak each scoring. That rounds up as of right now, as of, let me see what time is it. As of Monday, August 14th. 4.58 p.m. East Coast time, that equals a plus 944, 944, plus 944. So if you were put $10 down, that would give you 900, I mean, excuse me, 
believe me. You should get it on Netflix, 900. That would give you $94.48. I'm probably going to go maybe 20 to 25. That's how confident I am. I'm probably going to go for the gusto for 20. Just shy under $200. But again, that is a single game parlay. Miami money line. Over two and a half goals in the game. Messi and Gazag both scoring to give you a plus 944. And if there's any boost on FanDuel Sportsbook, that's the one I primarily use, jump on it. Jump on it. Now, lastly, to wrap up the show, is just I'm just going over the 30-minute mark, probably just under 40 minutes. Quickly, Wander Franco of the Tampa Bay Rays, you motherfucker. What the fuck are you doing, my guy? A pedo. Allegedly dating a 14-year-older high schooler, freshman high schooler. <sighs> the only reason we know, <clears throat> the only reason we know is because his disgruntled, I can't believe I'm saying this, his disgruntled, I guess, ex or whoever the fuck he was messing with, went to Snapchat or social media, one of these social media sites, and posted a story with his face on it and basically, in Spanish, just basically teeing off on this man. Saying he's a piece of shit, he uses people, he just talks shit. You know, sells you, like, a a story just to get you all, like, wrapped up around his finger. And then he kind of just uses you and leaves you alone. Something like that. Wanda Franco. Ironically. Did not travel with the team. To San Francisco, where the Rays will start a series with the Giants. Sources tell ESPN. According to this, this is all according to Jeff Passon, excuse me. The Rays earlier said MLB is doing their quote unquote due diligence, end quote, concerning social media posts from earlier Sunday about Franco. Passon later updates his tweet saying, quote, MLB is looking into the social media posts and has yet to verify the information. What? Come on now. This early in the process, without confirmed facts, Franco could be placed on the restricted list or administrative leave. The Rays, when asked about Franco not being on the plane, declined comment, end, co- end quote. This is gross on all facets of this shit. This man is just gross. Absolutely gross. And I'm going to see if there's any update on it so bear with me here but Paston tweeted as of four hours ago so it's five o'clock now so around <clears throat> the one o'clock mark p.m eastern time he tweeted quote the tampa Bay rays have placed shortstop Juan franco on the restricted list which takes him off the roster and is in most cases unpaid an MLB official tells ESPN. The league has launched an investigation onto social media posts about Franco from Sunday, which I am shocked that they are yet to confirm this. I mean, he didn't do the hush-hush money, and this is what cost him. Don't fuck with, around with these fucking young broads. What the fuck are you doing, bro? Like, what the fuck are you doing, you dirty motherfucker? Just gross, dude. And Twitter just had a field day. A field day with this bull. Look at this post right here. Just seeing athletes who proved age is just a number. Tom Brady, 45. It's a side-by-side picture of Tom Brady and Wanda Franco. Wanda Franco, 14, because the girl was 14 years old. Just absolute fucking gross. <sighs> 
It's just, I, I'm not going to comment on this anymore. He's just a gross human being. And ironically enough, Sunday, August 13th, the Rays hosted Cleveland, which they lost, embarrassingly, 2-9. to nine. They had Wanda Franco snapback hat day, presented by Spectrum. Fans 14 <laughs> years and under got to get those hats. Oh, my God. Oh my God! As news broke about his his affairs with a minor, a fourteen year old, a freshman in high school, Juan Franco's twenty two years old, by the way. There was Wanda Franco snapback hat. Fans fourteen years and under received those hats. Can't make this shit up. You can't make this shit up. You can't make this shit up. Gross, gross human being. Sorry to end the the podcast on a, on a disgusting note, but hopefully justice is served. He's probably done with the Rays. He's probably done with the league. He'll probably be in AAA or God knows where. He needs help. Jesus Christ. Anyway, wrapping up the podcast with next week's rundown, roughly rundown. Next week, we'll be at full strength with Rob Van Grable on the podcast, possibly even a guest or two. Who knows? We'll come back with a vengeance. Full strength after a month of hiatus. And I kicked it off with the Solo Dolo podcast here. Rob will be back next week. Also next week, we'll be previewing the three-game home series, as I mentioned earlier. Phillies, Giants, wildcard, baby. Let's get it. Um, we'll keep you tapped. We'll keep you updated on the latest on the Sixers and James Harden drama. Rob will come in and review his West Coast trip. On the baseball tour. Like I said, he went to the Giants, Dodgers. He's going to Anaheim, I think, tomorrow or tonight. And then he ends his trip in Oakland. We'll also touch on the our NFL fantasy team reviews because I just made my first NFL fantasy draft yesterday. No prep, just went for it. And boy, did I get Justin Herbert. No, I got Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Justin Herbert, and Joe Mixon, all in, the, in my first four picks. A snake draft. And I picked, like, around the ninth. Second or third from the bottom. Don't know how I did it, but I made it through. And uh, I think I picked somebody else, too. Oh, and I had, like, two other quarterbacks, which is... I'll get into that later. I have three quarterbacks on my team. Definitely I'll have two by after week one, but we'll go from there. And lastly, we'll do our NFL predictions. We'll at least kick them off including the bowl predictions, divisional winners, awards, and, of course, who will win the Super Bowl. And we got breaking news here. Just as I'm ending the podcast, this would would be happy. Free agent running back Ezekiel Elliott says on social media that he plans to sign with the New England Patriots. Wow, breaking news there. Zeke. I mean, I think that was expected when we saw pictures of him and Mac Jones and I think somebody else awkwardly sitting next side by side at a restaurant. I mean, that was expected. I mean, that is the perfect fit. Go to New England. Not recently it has been, but it's historically a winning culture. You still have Bill Belichick there. There still is a system in place that you barely hear anything from them. Mac Jones will have a quality running back, hopefully, or at least a short yard Short yardage one. But wow, free agent Zeke Elliott says he plans 
to sign with the New England Patriots. Just as I'm wrapping up the podcast, what a way to end it. As we're 45 minutes in, this has been episode 112 of the PA Turnpop with Robin Joel. Have a great evening. Have a great week. And we'll see you next week. Full staff with Rob back on the show for episode 113. Enjoy the night. Adios.